Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And welcome to the Tournament Arc of Tournament Arcs. That's right, Best Buds. Today we've got a very special Tournament Arc of all of the Tournament Arcs that you can find in anime. Every single one. There are actually only... 32. Strap in for our 32-hour long episode. No, it's not going to be that long. Um, But yeah, basically the conceit of this episode is that we took uh, the top 32 tournament arcs uh, and we pitted them all up against each other to see who would come out on top. That's right. Um, yep, that's right, Best Buds. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, of course, as always, we've got for you a little bit of anime banter and some news. So strap on in and welcome to the episode. <laughs> up front, I just want to talk about how psyched I am for next season. Yes, winter season is going to be really fun. Wait, I wrote winter, but it's definitely spring next. That's... <laughs> how seasons I, work I, I know we are in winter next up is spring but we have rising of the shield hero season two kaguya love is war season three spy family komi can't communicate season two shikamori is not just a cutie science fell in love so i tried to prove it season two ascendance of a bookworm season three and bubble which looks really rad uh, i think bubble's actually already out oh yeah I think it's on netflix we can watch it we should watch that um yeah so that's just like that's just the uh, seasons coming out. We're going to go way in depth into all of these one, once we've had a few episodes out. Mm-hmm. We can tell you what to watch. But we're also getting the quintessential quintuplets movie, uh, another Dragon Ball Super movie, which I think Piccolo is supposed to like actually get some love in, which okay. sounds cool. All right. Um, Odd Taxi is getting a movie. I'm so psyched for this. I watched the trailer today. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, good? Oh, well, it's not in English. I just watched it in Japanese and picked up what I could, but yeah. like it looks really good. Okay. I I will catch up for the movie. Um and then uh free movie number 5 The Final Stroke. Hey yo. <laughs> Bing bang is also coming out. Um and we're not going to dive too much into them. There's like a lot of like sequels coming out so pretty much anything that we listed is like a good like watch the first season of or first and second season of yeah science fell in love i'm so excited for i didn't think they were gonna get a season two and i'm so psyched and they did and also love is war is coming back like that's always a fun time yeah um yeah and uh i we weren't planning on recording this having seen this but since we saw it last night uh, I figured we would also talk about it. Uh, we saw Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Yeah, we did. It was really, really good. Um, I really. What are your What are your takes on it, Best Boy Dan? What are you? What are your I thoughts? I don't know if I would say it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really. Good. Um, I you know it was an interesting story. It what struck me about it was I realized I had not been in the Jujutsu Kaisen world in a minute. And it took like some getting used to to get back into like how the world worked. Okay, that's interesting because I, I actually watched a recap video. Oh, really? Of Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't remember who it was. Someone on YouTube. Shout out to whoever you were. Um, but I did watch a quick like like Hey, you're gonna if you're gonna see Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, here's a reminder of what happened in the show. Yeah. Um, um it was good. Uh, I enjoyed the fleshing out of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got some some more Gojo, which is always nice. Hell um, yeah. A little bit of my brother. My brother. <laughs> um, 
some some pretty decent fight sequences. I think the the show had better ones. Of course. Yeah. Than the movie, which is, seems like a little bit of a squandering of a movie budget to me. Mm-hmm. Um the I feel like the action was like just a little like blurred with how much they had going on. Yeah. I think one of the things I really enjoyed from this movie that I that I was excited to see was they did like a contrast between the power structure of like special grade sorcerers. Mm-hmm. So like you had like Gojo who is like very in control and his like he's like a surgical laser with his powers, mm-hmm. right? Like he's very like able to make them do what he wants to do and without causing a, a like a really large amount of collateral damage. Except, except for... that one time where he brought down a building because he was mad. Yeah. But we all get mad, you know. Yeah. It's and fine. we all bring down buildings. It's okay. But then you also have like Yuta, who is the main character for this movie, and who doesn't really have control over his superpowers, and they're like a thermonuclear bomb. I so I heard a review that described Yuta as uh, a better uh, protagonist than Itadori Yuji. Really? Yeah. Which is, I enjoy Itadori Yuji more. I think it's yeah, a, a think... more fun character, but obviously he doesn't. <laughs> I think, but I do think that the backstory they fleshed out with him was really good. I think, and I look forward to him coming back in the show. Yeah, definitely. I think Yuta um, is a better protagonist for a movie. I think mm. for a movie, he was yeah. a really good protagonist. He's like someone you can get on board with quickly. Like, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and I, I think we disagree on this too. I, I think that the movie did a pretty decent job of like laying all the basics of the world out there for like you know the parents who went with their kids and like wanted to follow along like you definitely like get more out of it if you've seen the show and especially it ruins like one of the reveals of the show Mm -hmm. having seen the movie first but i don't think you will be lost at what's going on in the film like you'll be able to follow the main gist i wouldn't i wouldn't say we disagree Uh, my my the whole thing that i was saying is that i've seen a lot of people commenting that Jujutsu Kaisen, you can you can enjoy you like you get the same. You don't have to watch the show to get everything out of the movie. That's what I disagree. Oh with. no, I, I think, think there's definitely. I think you there. can definitely enjoy the movie if you didn't see the show, but I don't think you get everything. Yeah, you know for sure. Um, you'll have questions, which is fine, you know. But it's just you know my thing is like it, it kind of seemed like a lot of people, and it wasn't just one person. I've seen I've actually seen a couple people with this take ever since you know mm-hmm. looking into it. Uh, A lot of people are saying, like, if you didn't see the show, watch this movie because you get everything you need to know and you'll be fine. Like, no, I don't think that's true. But I do think, like, if you were to see this movie without watching the show, you would be fine. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, overall, uh, I would give it a solid B. Solid B? I would, um, I'd give it a B+. Right. Maybe an, maybe an A minus if I'm being real generous. I like the after. Okay, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story about what happened during I, the? You after know credits? what? I will let that is all you to relive your glory. Okay, so during the after credit scene, and you can you can skip forward like a minute if you don't want us to. Spo- it's not even spoil. I'm not going to give any spoilers during the after credit scene. <laughs> this is a huge spoiler, yeah, Justin. During the after credit scene, there's some characters who are eating a meal. Oh my god! Right? Cancel best boy Justin. (laughs) Some characters are eating a meal, and one character is eating a wrap. And at one point, the way in which he's eating the wrap, it looks very sexual. 
and and I don't he just know, takes a big bite. He but, takes a but really that's what, big, that's what Best Boy Justin very gets graphic bite. No, come on, Dan. This was this was a lot, and um. You know, I had been, you know, I've been on the whole AO Bing Bong Fuck Your Life thing for a while now because we do it at my job a lot. And I just, it, it, it involuntarily, when that happened on screen, I just went, hey, yo. And like, as soon as the it came out of my mouth. The theater burst out laughing. But as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was mortified. I was like, where did that come from? It was like, it, it came up from the depths of your soul and yeah. possessed your body. So anyway, I'm too online is the bottom <laughs> line of that story. But uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero was really, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, if you've seen the show, if you haven't seen the show, you'll get something out of it. Uh, so maybe give it a watch. I think yeah. it opened up at number two at the box office. I think it's weekend. already the, like, seventh highest grossing Japanese uh, film. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, just period. Not animated or anything. Just highest grossing film excellent so yeah check it out um and then to cap off my section uh update on the pact yes it's time uh, <laughs> uh i i finished astra lost in space you went right through it uh yeah it I, was only 12 episodes it's only still. 12 episodes but like after i got through the first like couple i wrecked it like i i probably watched the last eight episodes in a row yeah um do you want to give us a quick down and dirty synopsis of it down and dirty synopsis it's uh if you like star trek i think you will like this show yeah. if you are into space exploration anime uh i think it's right up your alley there's not a ton of those anymore that used to be a very popular genre and more so than that it gets into a whole political intrigue mystery like um secret assassin like plot thing and mm-hmm. then like uh all different sorts of things that i can't spoil there's like a lot of mystery to this show um but essentially the basic plot is a group of kids go on uh like camping trip in space and get sucked into a wormhole and have to try and get back by planet hopping yeah so they have to explore these five different planets and and get home um but just really really enjoyable show i'm glad you enjoyed it i enjoyed it quite thoroughly and that's why i put it on the list so uh i i appreciated that uh that thing of the pack so i Gave a lot of thought to how I wanted to handle the return of the pact okay. to you. Yeah. Um, and I decided that I was just going to go the complete opposite of how you did yours. Cool. Um, and I'm just going to pick what I like how it changes next. every time because I feel yes. like the next time I give it to you we're gonna have to like go to a gun range and like you're gonna shoot a clay <laughs> pigeon out of the sky and like the oh, anime that you choose um, will be I I fully intend on making a wheel for you to spin oh, that'd at be some cool. point like like not like like a little one like we need to get like a oh, wheel no, of like fortune huge. sized wheel and and there will be like a person on it and they will point to what you okay do. perfect yeah um or maybe we'll strap Cooper to it oh god he'll hate that let's do it <laughs> um so yeah, uh, you're gonna watch Skate the Infinity. Oh man, okay. Because right. I, I, I want you to finally watch that show. All right, all right, we'll watch it. Uh, and I know you will enjoy it. And it's nice and quick. Okay, it's only like twelve episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I will get started on Skate the Infinity. Yes. Um. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, you know, as far as uh, what I wanted to talk about this week, I wanted to do an Uncle Best Boy Justin's weird manga corner installment. 
Uh, just a little, like, little quick one. Uh, because I've started reading some interesting manga. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, these ones are actually good recommendations, unlike some of the weird ones I had last time. Um, but the first one I have, uh, which I found completely by random, it was a Reddit suggestion uh, on a thread that I was reading. Uh, it's called Musubu, The Girl Working There. Uh, it's by Mori Taishi, and the story follows Sagami Guru, uh, who's 24 years old, uh, who starts working at Industria Shonan Gum SA, which is a rubber products manufacturer in Japan. Oh, I remember um, this. <laughs> and he meets the researcher Musubu-san, a girl who works in the medical assistance development laboratory called Home. Uh, their first meeting will not be exactly what was expected. And that's because th this synopsis doesn't really go in super... That's like the official synopsis from the from them. Um but, like, my little down and dirty, like, uh, overview of it is basically this guy has been working for this company and he basically, like, fell in love with this girl at first sight on, like, his first day. Um, and after working there for a while, he decides to transfer into her department so he can be closer to her. Um, but the department that she works in, which is the, quote-unquote, medical assistance development laboratory, um, is actually the, the part of their company that manufactures condoms. So she she's basically a researcher who works on like doing R and D for new types of condoms. Um, Cue and, the sexy music. Yeah, like give me the Bob's Burgers sexy music right here. <laughs> um, but like it, it's actually and when I first started reading this, I texted Dan. I sent him like a, a picture of like the yeah. So best boy Justin every once in a while just sends best boy Mike and I like out of context like manga panels. Yeah. And I sent them a, pa a panel from this. It was basically like her like running some sort of test on a condom. And I was like, oh man, I found a manga that's like telling you exactly what it's about on the first page. But I was wrong. Because it's not, that's actually not what this, it's actually like a super wholesome, really cute like romance, like workplace romance story. Um, and like, I don't want to give too much of it away, but like basically it, it, it really talks uh, it very frankly and very um, openly about issues that people have regarding sexuality and intimacy. Um, and it kind of does a really good job of like treating those topics with care, but also still managing to be funny, you know? Um, so that's why I kind of wanted to recommend this one. Yeah, um, and as part of Shonen Month. And it, this is absolutely not a shonen. <laughs> this is solidly insane in territory. Although it is in a shonen magazine, but we have talked kind of how about sometimes those categories don't always match up. Um, but uh, this one actually does not have an English release. So if you do want to uh, read it, you have to go to the back alley. But if you do, make sure you throw a couple bucks to the creator. Buy a volume or two in Japanese just to show your support. Um the next one I have for you guys is probably a pretty familiar name to at least any of you have who have been sort of involved in the Slice of Life anime series or Slice of Life anime world, and that is Helpful Fox Senko-san. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'm sure at least a couple of you guys have watched the anime because there is an anime adaptation of this manga, um, which I did watch and thoroughly enjoyed. Um... But it doesn't go super deep into the whole story uh, behind, you know, behind their the various characters and their motivations and backgrounds. Um, and for a long time, I've been meaning to read the manga, and I just randomly decided to start doing it a couple days ago. Uh, and it turns out that Helpful Fox Senko-san is basically an anti-work manifesto. 
Uh, um, so I need to read it. So kind of, yeah. You should well, you should watch the anime first and then decide if you want to read it. Because what's funny is they definitely, in reading the manga, I've noticed they toned the anti-work elements down a little bit for the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as the, the this, this is actually by um, artist and uh, author uh, Rimu Koro. And for the story, the, the synopsis goes, um, like many hardworking members of the workforce, Kuroto Nakano is perpetually stressed out by his job. Still, since he lives alone, he must carry on to sustain himself. Little do humans like Kuroto know, this stress takes the form of darkness residing within a person's body and will bring one's life to ruin. Fox deities can see this darkness and have the duty to save people before it's too late. To help rid Kuroto of his stress, Senko-san, an 800-year-old fox girl, volunteers to take care of him and will do everything she can to ease the tension in his weary soul. Um, so I think you can kind of get some of the ideas behind where the, oh, yeah. the I, anti-work no, elements I, come from. I know where 800-year-old fox girls no, go. No, it doesn't <laughs> go there. Uh, which is one of the things that I was worried about, which is why I kind of held off on the manga for so long, because I'm like, oh, but if it goes there, then I'll know and I'll be sad. But it doesn't, so far. Um, and I will say that, you know, having having almost fully caught up to where they're at in the present day in the manga, um, it does a really good job of, A, connecting itself to current events, um, COVID oh, really? happens in the manga. Whoa, yeah. um, interesting. Yeah, I it, haven't really seen that happen, especially in anime. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not super like um, upfront. Like it's something that kind of happens in the background, but you kind of get an idea because like this, the company that this guy works at is like a black company. So like uh, you get to see like his manager going, "Oh, I don't know why all these kids are complaining. It's just a flu." Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like really, it's really. Oh, it's really real. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, like at one point, it it kind of, it it really. There's an entire volume that goes into how he breaks free of that, like kind of negative feedback loop that is, um, you know, these this black company and like this like uh, exploitative capitalism. Um, I don't mean to get too high on a soapbox here, but like. You know, I was very surprised. I was, I ended up, I wanted to read this one because I was in kind of like a really bad mood. And I was like, oh, I just want something fluffy and cute. I did not expect to find like basically like the manga version of an anti-work <laughs> manifesto. Uh, I just wanted Lolly cute fox Marxist. girls. Yeah, like <laughs> Lolly Fox Girl Marxist son. Um, but this one, really, really good. Like I said, I highly recommend watching the anime first. Also, we need to get lollymarxist.com. No, we do not. Not. <laughs> absolutely not um I, I highly recommend watching the anime first because the anime is out there and available and very cute i think it's only like 12 episodes long and it's a really good introduction to this but after you watch the anime you should absolutely read the manga because it goes so much deeper into the characters backgrounds and their stories and they're all very interesting i don't think they'll ever make another season of it because this is kind of one of those anime where the whole point of it was to get people interested in the manga. Um, but in my Apparently, case, it worked. mission accomplished. Yeah, so, you know, uh, that's kind of it for my manga corner here. I just wanted to talk about those two real quick. Uh, my last banter item is also going to be real quick, and it's, you need to watch 86. 86 is back. We got the last two episodes, finally. They came out these past couple weeks. I watched them. I watched the season finale. It was so good. It wraps up the story in a really satisfying way. 
Um, there is more to the story in the light novels. Whether or not they decide to make an anime out of it, it has a really good ending. You will be very satisfied. It's not one of those things where you see the end of the show and you're like, oh, I know there's more, but they won't make it. And I feel bad because they left it on a cliffhanger. Like, they wrap everything up so well. This show was so perfectly done. If they had finished this in 2021, we might have had a different conversation about what anime of the year would have been for that year. Ooh. It was so well done. Right, and the, I guess I know what I'm catching up on. Yeah, the ending was so well executed. Uh, everything comes full circle. Just about every plot line gets tied up. Uh, really, really solid writing. The animation is gorgeous. This show was so good. If you're sleeping on this show, please wake up because you need to watch it. Wake it up, is sheeple. So good. Wake up, sheeple. But speaking of things that should wake you up, now that we're done with our banter, it's time for us to go ahead and check in with Studio WEB for some anime news. <laughs> Bam, bam, bam. That's right, anime news. It's time for anime news, best buds. Uh, and I'm just gonna bring it down for a second. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna. Oh, okay. We're gonna, right. we're gonna get nice and mellow. Do I have to whisper too, or is it like just a you thing? No, it's just me. Thing. Oh, okay, cool. Cause yeah. I don't like to. Um, saxophonist Norahiko Hibano from uh, Metal Gear Solid and Bayonetta. What? Uh, <laughs> I didn't read this story, so this is all... <laughs> and pianist Ayaki from Etrian Odyssey and Persona Q are teaming up for their 12th album with Scarlet Moon Records on their Prescription for Sleep tribute series, the duo known as Gentle Love, which is... A great name. That is a great um, name. <laughs> is tackling anime for the first time uh, with the Prescription for Sleep Attack on Titan album. What? Wait, are, are you Keep kidding? Going. I sent you the link to this. You said, Did you I don't not think listen I read to it. this? You, you might have sent it to me while I was it's at work. It's so good. You are missing out. With the soothing jazz renditions of familiar songs across all four seasons of Attack on Titan, they aim to bring a peaceful and relaxing end to the tragic and violent series. You've heard some of it playing underneath this at this point. Uh, the album will release digitally on April 4th. Pre-orders are available through Bandcamp, Amazon, and Apple Music. A digital booklet is available exclusively on Bandcamp, including full credits, recording notes, linear notes, and an interview with Gentle Love. Uh, physical vinyl releases planned for 2023. This is wild. I I didn't read this. You know I, what the mo craziest part is? What's that? It's really good. So here's the thing. <laughs> I've been really toying with the idea of getting into vinyl because, as you all know, I also need another new expensive collecting hobby yeah. because I don't already spend enough of my money on Gumpla and fountain pens. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> This might be the, the one that I get the vinyl release for. <laughs> um, it's like, I, so I was listening to it. The Metal Gear Solid uh, song they did is wild. Which song good. did they do? Um, was it from Snake Eater? Yeah. Because that's, that's what I can think of, like yeah. how they would do it's, that. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone, please check it out. Um do a little little googling uh they have like a youtube clip out it's like three minutes if you like the sweet sweet sax sounds you'll you'll enjoy it listen i'm into some sexy sax so yeah um 
so uh, in, don't clip that. Don't clip that. <laughs> in in some uh, in a little bit of world news, uh, Crunchyroll and Wakanim suspend services in Russia. Uh, Sony owns streaming services Crunchyroll and Wakanim, uh, which I'm not familiar with. Wakanim. Wakanim but... is basically an anime service for Europe. Like okay. it's it's kind of like the Crunchyroll yeah. of Europe almost. Um, they announced that they are suspending services in Russia due to the current situation surrounding the country's uh, illegal war in Ukraine. Uh, neither website works uh, in Russia, and shows scheduled for lease have already been canceled in the country. Neither company can process payments from cards issued in Russia. The mobile app still works for paying subscribers. Before this announcement, Wakanim and Crunchyroll were the last major streaming services still available with anime in Russia. Yeah. Um, good. No anime for them. Yeah, I mean, this is tough for me because, like, on the one hand, I always try to separate a government from its people, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, I have, I have several Russian friends. I know Russian people. They're very kind. They're very funny. They can drink most people under the table, <laughs> so I respect them for that. But, like, at, you know, at the same time, like, when you have a situation like this, there has to be consequences. And it sucks that it affects... Mm -hmm. This doesn't affect the people who are prosecuting this war. But at the same time, like, you can't It does if gamers rise do, up. You, yeah, right. <laughs> you can't not do anything. So I am glad to see that they are doing what little... What what little an anime streaming service yeah. can do to fight against the illegal war in Ukraine. Um, so for that, I applaud Crunchyroll and Wakanim, uh, and I hope that, you know, some hostilities end as quickly as possible so mm -hmm. that our Russian friends can also get their anime without having to worry about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what a time to not be able to stream. Like they're not going to be able to watch the end of Attack on Titan. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> if, if anyone made me want to rise up in the streets. Right. <laughs> um, so, to round it out, uh, we're going to talk about some equally important news. Um, the official Boruto anime Twitter account posted notices in Japanese. Oh, you know what? Hold on. This is crime news. This yes. is crime news. This is technically crime news. All right. So the official... For a second, I thought you were going to do a big reveal about how you actually have been able to read Japanese all along. Yes. I don't know why. This no, is... no, no. That, like... Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be wild. <laughs> um, the official Boruto anime Twitter announced... Uh... Uh, posted notices in Japanese, Chinese, and English on Friday warning that unlicensed NFTs using the Naruto slash Boruto franchise names. Um, the English tweet states, we have been re receiving inquiries regarding the authenticity of the information that spreads via the internet about officially licensed NFT artifacts and games based on Naruto. No license has been issued to authorize such products. Please watch out for false information. Yeah, I mean, you know, this kind of falls in line. I've been pretty vocal about the fact that, like, in my eyes and also, like, I guess in reality, NFTs are just a really complicated money laundering scheme. Um, and I this kind of fits within that mold. Um, I'm just sad that there's not an officially licensed Boruto NFT. I'm not. I don't need it. I don't want it. I, I want. Care about I it. want 72 of them. You want 72 of them? Well, I, I think the whole point is that there's only supposed to be one. I want 72 okay. of them, and I want them to be fungible. That's fine. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, whatever. NFTs, I think they're dumb and they're killing the world. Um, because... Yep, next story. <laughs> one NFT transaction uses the amount of uh, power that it would cost to heat an entire home for six days. So, there's that. Yeah. So... Just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, yeah. um, as far as my news <laughs> corner goes, in something a little bit more upbeat, I suppose... Uh, than financial transactions that are killing the world um, and illegal wars and illegal Europe. wars. Your fucking your section was a bummer, except for the jazz album. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's the, um, that makes it all better. Yeah, but that's okay <laughs> because I have Gundam news. What's this? Gundam. In a talk event for the Mobile Suit Gundam Kukuru's Dones Island anime film, director Yoshikazu Yasuhiko said that the film is probably the final time I adapt Gundam for the screen. Um, he added that the Gundam franchise to him will always mean the first Mobile Suit Gundam anime and that directing the film left him with no more regrets. Uh, Yasuhiko has worked on over a dozen Gundam shows, manga, and movies since the original Mobile Suit Gundam in 1979. He's a titan of the franchise and the industry and we wish him well in his future endeavors uh, and thank him for his work on my one of my favorite uh, anime franchises, Mobile Suit Gundam. So a little golf clap. Yeah. Oh, that's um, sweet. Yeah. So, uh, next up in anime news from my section, uh, we've got a new promotional video for Overlord's fourth season has debuted during a special live stream. Uh, this video announced a July release date. Uh, the franchise will also have an anime film project that will cover the Holy Kingdom arc story from the light novels. Man, I, this is another one I need to catch up you on. You absolutely need to catch up on Overlord. Overlord is so good. Something um, in the second season lost me. I don't even remember what it dude, was. get back into it because it's so good. And also, once you finish it, you can watch uh, Isekai Quartet, which is hilarious. Yes. And also a really good train And also watch. the movie is coming back. Yes, there is going to be an Isekai Quartet movie. Um, but I think Isekai Quartet would be a really good show for you to watch on your train on your commute because okay. each episode is like ten minutes long. Great, my um, train rides twenty minutes. Yeah, but as far as Overlord is concerned, the franchise's story takes place in the year twenty one thirty eight when virtual reality gaming is booming. Yggdrasil, a popular online game, is quietly shut down one day. However, the protagonist Momonga decides to uh, decides Momonga. To, Momon is that? Yeah, I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, decides to not log out. Momonga is then transformed into the image of a skeleton as the most powerful wizard. The world continues to change, with non-player characters beginning to feel emotions. Having no parents, friends, or place in society, this ordinary young man then strives to take over the new world the game has become. Uh, I love Overlord. Overlord is got, like... I always talk about how shows like this need to have balance. They need to balance the comedic relief with the action, with the intrigue, and Overlord always does a really good job of this. Like, you you never have too much heavy drama action without a comedic interlude of some sort. And the comedic interlude is always timed well, and I think that's really important for a show like this. Um, so I'm super psyched to see that come back. We got at least one thing to look forward to in the summer season, uh, and I really can't wait for it. Uh, and I hope you catch up so we can watch it together. Um, the last part of my news section um, is that a life-sized Galguda figure statue is going to be sold at a charity auction. 
Um, HoloLive's official English Twitter account posted an image of the life-size Galguda figure, which was first unveiled at the HoloLive Super Expo 2022 event in Chiba's Makuhari Messe uh, Convention Center last weekend. The figure of the popular shark VTuber will be sold at a charity auction with more details to come at a later date. Alongside this news, HoloLive announced that a 1-7 scale version of this statue will be going on sale uh, sometime soon with more details also to be announced later. I don't generally get into statues. You know me, I'm more <laughs> into model kits. Um, but I will probably at least try to get my hands on the 1.7 version, you know? Yeah. It seems pretty cool. Um, but that about does it for our anime news section there, Best Buds. Let us know what you think. Are you going to help me get my hands on a 1.7 scale version of a Galgruda statue? Uh, are you excited for Kukudu's Dones Island? Are you going to relax to some Attack on Titan jazz? Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. We are excited to hear from you. Uh, and with that being said, it's about time for us to move on to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Tournament Arc. Hello and welcome back to Anime Sports Central, best sportscaster Justin. It's March, and do you know what that means? Does that mean something similar but legally distinct from March? You bet your sweet Daki Makura, and here we are to tell you about the insanity that is the Best Boys present the Tournament Arc of Tournament Arcs! That's right, Best Buds! 32 Tournament Arcs go head-to-head -head in a randomized bracket, battling it out over 31 head-to-head -head matches until we're left with the Tournament Arc of Tournament Arc Inter-High National Champion. Before we return you to our lively commentary of the second round, also known as the Classroom of the Elite Eight. You're really proud of that one. Sure am. Before we get back to the live coverage of the Classroom of the Elite Eight, let's bring a quick recap of the Sweet, Smile, Sister, Sadistic, Sixteen, Shook Out. Alliteration. And in an easy first round win, one of the top-seeded contestants, the Battle City arc from Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, the one with Merrick, not the one with Pegasus, handily defeated the Tournament of Power from Dragon Ball Super. That's right, best boy Dan. In fact, this one practically wins by default since we haven't watched uh, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, get in our mentions about it if you must, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Speaking of shows we haven't watched, Kalos League from Pokemon may just be the best league to date, but we didn't watch it. That's very true, Best Boy Dan, but there's no need to call a foul on the play because Fate would have won this round anyway due to the judicious application of uh, healing spells via magical threesome. Fate is certainly the only contender to bring something like that to the field. Round three brings us the classic rivals of TNA 
vs. DBZ. Unfortunately for Studio Trigger's scrappy underdog, the reigning tournament arc juggernaut, Dragon Ball Z just had a legacy that could not be overcome. The Cell Games from Dragon Ball Z decimated the Hanaji Academy, first natural's election from Kill la Kill. Our next matchup pits the upstart rookie World Trigger with its Rank Wars arc against the time-tested veteran Dragon Ball and the World Martial Arts Tournament. The officials had some trouble calling this one, but after a review on the play, it was determined that World Trigger's nearly three seasons of character growth and story content within a single arc was powerful enough to unseat the World Martial Arts Tournament, which will always be a star but is beginning to show its age. Personal foul. Offense, number 69, excessive horniness. 10-yard penalty, still third down. Getting back into the action, we have Keijo versus the Gundam fight from Mobile Fighter G Gundam. I cannot believe my eyes, best boy Dan. Is that a Gundam anime going down in the first round? It is, oh my god! Beneath its excessive horniness, it turns out there's actually a solid and compelling sports anime to Keijo. Not even the Windmill Gundam stands a chance against subversive storytelling like this. What a clash of titans this round turned out to be! Yoshihiro Tagashi's masterpieces, The Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho, and Heaven's Arena from Hunter x Hunter duked it out to a draw, forcing it into an overtime. Sadly, established champion the Dark Tournament beat the newcomer handily with the remaining time. That's right, best boy Dan. No amount of bungee gum and daddy issues were enough to dig Hunter x Hunter out of the hole they found themselves in. Almost halfway through the first round and we find ourselves with the Flightless Crows versus Mechanized Murder Machines. Old School versus New School. Zoids versus Volleyball. The Interhighs from Haikyuu versus the Zoid Battles from Zoid's New Century. This was a particularly crushing match for me, a longtime Liger Zero fan. Despite all of the sweet weapon loadouts and the Nostalgia, the current king Haikyuu soared to victory. Of course, it didn't help that Zoid's new century is not streaming anywhere legally, though it is available on YouTube. Best Boy Justin? Uh, yes, Best Boy Dan? Have you ever wondered who would win between a Yandere and a Ninja? It keeps me up nearly every night. Good, good. Anyway, the Chunin exam from Naruto, as expected, put on a tremendous showing, winning easily against the death game, the only death game on this bracket. It's just kind of weird that no one on Team Future Diary saw this one coming. And what an explosive match! It must have been a stretch for Team Luffy to take on the pitching prowess of Sado High School. But in the end, the thing that clenched the victory for the inner highs from Ace of Diamonds was the fact that neither of us had seen the Karita Coliseum tournament from One Piece. Also, we haven't seen fairy tale, so Yoamushi Petal wins by default for the next round. Yeah, that's right, best boy Dan, but not for lack of trying since Yoamushi Petal took a three-match tournament and spread it across a season and a half of episodes. Feel the breeze of cycling. 
It's Brains vs. Brawn! Round 11 was a matchup between Village Leader Tournament from Dr. Stone taking on the God of High School Tournament from, you guessed it, God of High School. And while Dr. Stone was hilarious and full of endearing scientific charm, not even Magma Kun could withstand the onslaught that was the fight choreography of God of High School, directed by the same director as Jujutsu Kaisen. Unfortunately, God of High School severely injured itself in the last two episodes. That's what happens when you fly too close to the sun. You, you shoot every weapon imaginable through a portal at an emerging god? Yes. For the next round, this was a close one, Best Boy Dan. Both the Royal Knights Selection Exam from Black Clover and Tower of God brought a lot to the table, but at the end of the day, the Royal Knights Selection Exam and its two episodes of content, despite having a satisfying climax, hey, yo. couldn't outpace the powerhouse Tower of God with its rich storytelling filled with surprise and intrigue. The winner of this round is Tower of God. For the next round, we've got the Lion King Tournament from March Comes In Like a Lion versus the Rookie Championship Tournament from Hajime no Ippo. It's the Giants of Chess versus the Titans of Boxing. It's chess boxing. Nope, that's actually an entirely different sport, Best Boy Dan. Really? Yep, look it up. Anyway, Hajime no Ippo wins this round. March Comes In Like a Lion does a solid job of interweaving its drama with the hype of its tournament, but Ippo's intensity just blows it out of the water. Intense poem-slapping action with an undercurrent of romance and drama, over-the-top action sequences with perfectly timed moments of comedic relief. This matchup pits two titans against each other, the Kyoto Sister School exchange event from Jujutsu Kaisen versus the Yoshino tournament from Chihaya Furu. This was a really tight race, but at the end of the day, Jujutsu Kaisen barely edges out Chihaya Furu to take home the win. Uh, the real difference maker here was just how unique a take on the tournament arc formula Jujutsu Kaisen brought to the field, and that baseball episode was the right level of over the top to make Kyoto Sister School Exchange event one of the best tournament arcs we've had in a while. An incredibly classy showing for both contenders in this tournament of anime titans. In our penultimate round of the Sweet Smile Sister Sadistic Sweet 16, you have the Shonen Mainstay, the sports festival from My Hero Academia, from the Totsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars. Best Boy Dan, this was a close one. The sports festival arc is a huge turning point for several characters in My Hero Academia. That is true, best boy Justin, but it's nigh impossible to take down a tournament arc where you fight food with fascism. Wait, that's backwards. <laughs> you said it so confidently. If you hadn't noticed, we might have just left that in. No, I noticed halfway through, but I, like it was already in motion. That is true, best boy Justin, but it is nigh impossible to take down a tournament arc where you fight fascism with food. Meat juices. Meat juices. A match of such epic uh, proportions that it can only be contained by high dive. For the climax of round one of the tournament arc of tournament arcs, we have Ragnarok from the record of Ragnarok versus the rating game from High School DXD. Let's go down to Best Boy Dan on the field where the match is just included. Best Boy Dan. 
Uh, thank you, best boy Justin. Despite the fact that Record of Ragnarok is nothing more than one big tournament arc, the assets on display from Team Raiding Game High School DXD, you could say they were just too much to handle. Oh, oh, there's the grab and dragon, grab and dragon. What contributed to this victory? Oh, all right, best buds. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. Um, We're not going to do that for the rest of the episode. No, right? no, no, no. Um, but we did. We did the whole bracket, and we realized that you know going through sixty three matches was a lot. So we we narrowed it down. Um, but also, if you want to <laughs> hire me as a voice actor, I can do it more. <laughs> uh, but what I think was most interesting about how this all kind of shook out was. That I, we set up the bracket and then randomized everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a clear idea of who was going to win ultimately in the end. Right. And like what kind of the final matchup would be. But randomizing that like totally messed with the whole journey there. Right. So I, I think we get some really interesting matchups uh, in here that that make for some fun conversations and, and debates. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of gets you, it forces you to think about what makes a tournament arc good mm -hmm. in relation to other shows that you might not necessarily compare it to. But I have to ask you, Best Boy Dan, I need to know. Uh, sure. The best buds need to know. Okay. Did you fudge the tournament arc to make it so that Yu Yu Hakusho and Hunter Hunter face each other? Yes or no? Answer now. Uh, no, I did not. Really? I it just happened you. randomly. You promise? You swear. Yeah. You swear to Rem. Yes. Wow. I'm also not a Rem stan, but but also... You're, you're supposed to say who is Rem. You missed the joke. It's fine. I know. Oh, it's uh, fine. you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's super cool. So, uh, so yeah. Let's let's get into it. Uh, let's get into the classroom of the Elite Eight. Uh, so, up first... Uh, after their their previous two rounds, we have Battle City from Yu-Gi-Oh! versus the Holy Grail. Oh, and actually, before we dive into it, I also want to say we included some things that we hadn't seen uh, in the arc. We just wanted to give them a shout-out, but obviously we can't comment on how good they are. Yeah, um, so just make sure you get in our mentions and let us know how we're yeah. hacks and frauds for not having seen your But I show. still feel good with how everything turned out. I do, too. Um, yeah. So, up first, we have Battle City. Uh, from Yu-Gi-Oh! versus the Holy Grail war Wars from Fate. And I haven't seen the Holy Grail Wars. From I have, so I can talk about that. Yes. But you talk first. Um, so, uh, the winner of this one is Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Um, and it, really what it comes down to is like the first tournament arc was awesome. It really set up the world. You got all the characters. Uh, and then Battle City took it to the next level it was like oh you thought this was cool we're gonna turn an island into this like whole vast city yep. there's gonna be like three egyptian god cards that can like wreak havoc on the world and they're like super op cards and uh you know it's it's this whole like battle between good and evil it's great um yeah absolutely but you know we will definitely talk about it more because it it won this round but um 
but yeah, just in terms of accessible tournament arcs, like it's anyone can watch this. Absolutely, and I feel like you and know, I've gone back and watched this as an adult, and it holds up. I haven't watched it as an adult, but my memory of it is fairly clear from watching it as a teenager. And I will say that like the what it had to do. Um, you know, with uh, having a tournament arc right after another tournament arc, is it ha- it raised the stakes yeah. really well, and I think that's what Yu Gi Oh uh, Battle City did to raise it over the Holy Grail Wars, which you haven't seen, but I have, and having seen both of them, I agree, Battle City from Yu Gi Oh is the winner, but the Holy Grail Wars from Fate is the only thing I like about Fate, <laughs> like, and I don't mean to be mean. But, like, Fate Stay Night is a series that is, like, impenetrable for me. It's opaque. I cannot get into it. I watched Fate Stay Night. I forced myself to watch the whole thing. And at the end of it, I was like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> the The only thing I enjoyed about it was the tournament arc aspect of it. And it's almost like a second thought to the show. So, like, there's no way it was going to win over Yu-Gi-Oh! But, that being said... It is the only show on this list that has a magical healing threesome. So, <laughs> congratulations, Fate. You're, yep. You did it. Up next, we have the Cell Games from Dragon Ball Z versus Rank Wars from World Trigger. Yeah, and this one's an interesting matchup because this is one of the matchups where you've seen one and <laughs> I've seen the other and neither of us has seen the opposite. Yes. Um, so I think the Cell Games are really interesting and the the reason I put them on here as opposed to other, like, Dragon Ball um, Z-like things is... Uh, that this was a a kind of turning point in the show. This was really where Gohan was supposed to take over from Goku. Um, That was Akira Toriyama's, like, original uh, uh, plan. Uh, Obviously, that didn't go so well. Um, But it really gives someone else a chance to take the spotlight in the story as opposed to Goku um, in a meaningful way. Um, and it also reflects on some of the like highlights from this, the show's history and past because the show is steeped in, you know, world martial arts tournaments. Absolutely. Um, and especially with a villain like Cell, whose whole deal is that he's like a composition of all the like worst bad guys from Earth's history doing, you know, the tournament arc thing from right. the show. It's like this great amalgamation of everything that made Dragon Ball Z great. As a tournament arc contender, though, the Rank Wars from World Trigger is just so well executed. Even though it takes place across two and a half seasons, which is a whopping 62 episode long tournament arc. Uh, it, yeah, it's really <laughs> long dude and even though this usually annoys me uh world trigger pulled it off really perfectly like and this has to do with the fact that unlike many other shows that stretch out tournaments or even in like single fights across many episodes world trigger doesn't have any fluff or filler it's kind of like built for it exactly every single episode either adds something to the story of the tournament or it helps build and expand on the lore of the world um which is highly important, I think, because if if you're going to do this and you include fluff and you include filler, people get bored. 
they get checked out they get they lose the hype of the tournament and with the way world trigger does it even if you're not actively focusing on the tournament in a particular episode, you don't lose the hype for it because it's telling you stories about the lore of the world and telling you why the stakes of the tournament are so important. And I think that's really good. Also, the anime answers the question, what if bringing a sword to a gunfight were a good idea? And that's a fun thing to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Sword Art did that. Oh yeah, Sword Art did do that. No, they didn't because they you don't have really. Kirito he does a have a, a sword in Gun Girl in Gun Gale. Huh. Yep. Oh, man. Anyway, also Cell the... Games was better at one. <laughs> what? No, it didn't. Uh, World Trigger one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, um, <laughs> but also the second movie of uh, Sword Art Online Progressive is coming out soon. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was that almost made it into the news, but it yeah. didn't. So now uh, you hear it here. Cell Games was really good, but no, Rank Wars did win. Yep. <laughs> Something that is indisputable is the next one, which is Keijo uh, from Keijo Hip Whip Girl. Yeah. Uh, versus the Dark Tournament from Yu Hakusho. Which is an unfair G- matchup. GTFO, Yu Yu Hakusho wins. I, like, yeah. We'll talk more about Yu Yu Hakusho later on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this was the easiest choice of round two, because, uh, like, I love Keijo. Keijo's hilarious, and it's a really well-constructed sports anime, but, like, the Dark Tournament is a powerhouse. Yeah. It's literally called the Dark Tournament. Yes. Like, I, ha- I have two sweatshirts. That both have the Dark Tournament on them. Yeah. Like, it's... Kato Loss. Get out of here. Yeah. Hands down. An interesting matchup, though... Yes. ...is the Inter-Highs from Haikyuu versus the Chunin Exams from Naruto. Yeah. This was a tough one to call because Haikyuu is, again, like Keijo, but in a very different way a really well-constructed sports anime. And a sports anime, the tournament arc, is key. Like, you can't have a sports anime... You can have a shonen anime without a sp- without a tournament arc. You can't have a sports anime without a tournament arc. It yeah. doesn't work. And um, uh, Haikyuu really does an excellent job of pulling that off. But, but the tune-in exams from Naruto has an element of drama and excitement that... I think Haikyuu just doesn't approach during this particular arc. For me, a lot of it is that, like, the inner highs are not over in Haikyuu. Yeah, they're still going. And and also, like, the Chunin exam is arguably one of the greatest tournament arcs of all time. Yeah. In that it completely turned Naruto on its head. It was kind of, like, you know, this, like, fun little, like, shonen show about, like, this, like, kid trying to be a ninja and you know they're having a tournament arc and they're gonna like compete against this other village and then like one of their friends gets their like like bones crushed yeah and they're like oh also there's like a terrorist attack and then there's a terrorist attack (laughs) which this is not the only show on this list that has a terrorist attack in the middle of its tournament arc but this is the one that does it the best you don't think uh, which, it's God which, of High what School? What am I thinking? Yeah, you knew. You knew it's God of High School. No, this one does. This one did the terrorist attack in is the it, tournament arc. There better. is also one in Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes, there is. Maybe that's a theme. Did we miss weird. that? Weird. Did we miss that in our weird. in our shonen tropes? <laughs> terrorist attacks during tournament arcs. Um, there's also uh, it happens in Dragon Ball Z too. I wouldn't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I yeah. believe you. Um, I still haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, nerds. Come at my menchies. Yeah, okay. Weird. It's a weird thing. Anyway, uh, but I mean, like, Haikyuu is a great show. The matches are great. The hype's great. It is a top-tier tournament arc. but Absolutely. Like, but the tune-in exams are a classic. Dude, you can't beat it. Also, like, the tune-in exams, it does such really a... Really great matchups, too. Really great matchups. It does a really excellent job of explaining the power structure that yeah. exists in Naruto and how the different, like, types of ninja arts interact with each other. Yeah. Um, Gara versus Rock Lee, also one of the best fights of all time. So, I love Rock Lee. Rock Lee is my fucking homie, dude. Yeah. Um... That was a great fight. That, oh man, that we could do a whole a episode about the the rest of this episode is about the tuning exams. <laughs> we're we're not talking about anything else. Now. Up next, we're gonna talk about another inter high. That's the one from Ace of Diamonds versus yet another inter high, which is the first inter high from Yomushi Petal. Yeah, you're gonna notice inter highs are a pretty solid game <laughs> when it comes to it's just like anime. I mean, it's a tournament. That's a tournament that happens in Japan a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, we have the winner of this bracket is Ace of Diamonds because like, Oof, they're both man. great. Yomushi Petal has such a great inter high arc. I ha you know you I'm haven't not, finished. I'm it. not all the way through it. I have. Yeah. So here's what I love about it is that especially at the end, this one tournament arc really you get a whole arc of characters, two arcs of uh, like villain teams or mm. like antagonist teams. Uh, it's super long. They get into it. There's so much back and forth. It's one race. It's one race spread out over three days with a whole bunch of teams competing in it. Yep. And it's wild. And like the ending of it is so satisfying, which is why you really should finish it. I mean, as somebody who literally works in the cycling industry, I really probably should have seen the end of this show before now. It's also but a very satisfying conclusion. As a person who has a deep and abiding love of baseball, there is no way I was going to let Ace of Diamonds lose to Yoamushi Petal. And it shouldn't, because Ace of Diamond, the whole baseball framework lends itself perfectly to the idea of a tournament arc, specifically because of how high school baseball works in Japan. It's single elimination tournaments. It's a thing that we've gotten away from in our modern, in like the way modern Major League Baseball works. But like, it's so exciting. One game, you win or you lose and go home. Like, mm -hmm. that is just the format of it is perfect for a tournament. Arc. Oh, yeah. And the way it's handled in Ace of Diamonds, like the ending of it shook me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting that. This was one of my first long form sports anime. I think the only major sports anime I watched before this was Haikyuu. And when I saw what happened at the end of this uh, arc, I was, I had to stop. I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for it. I was like, it is, this, I can't believe this happened. It is so good. And the fallout from it is also like, oh, it's delectable. It's, yeah, it's, it's such good television. It's, it's like, it's literally, it's like a nuclear fission, like a, <laughs> a nuclear fission reaction. Like, the 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 fallout of the end of this arc it kicks off character development for every character in different ways and exciting ways yeah you know like, it's it, it is just and and it is exciting from yeah. from top to bottom absolutely too. um so yeah ace of the diamond wins this round against yomushi petal 
Um, next round, we've got God of High School versus Tower of God. And the winner of this round is Tower of God. And this was a really tough one for me. I went back and forth a bunch of times. And to be entirely honest with you, I'm still not 100% sure we came out with the right decision. <laughs> um, you know, for me... There's uh, arguments to be made on both sides. There is. The argument that I'll make on my side... Is that at the end of the day, I think the reason that I felt comfortable going with Tower of God was because the rich storytelling that surrounds the tournament. Like, the tournament itself is is BS because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. But, like, <laughs> the the that isn't to say that God of High School story is no good. But, like, it feels really compressed at the end. And it doesn't always make sense. Like, Well, that's the thing. Is, like, with God of High School, you get ten episodes of, like, balls to the wall awesomely animated action scenes yeah. right and then it just it, it, like it darling in the franks is it darling in the franks itself super hard it doesn't make any sense and it like just hyper speeds the story forward it darling in the franks and promise neverlands simultaneously yeah it, it you know like it, i'm and it's sure one of the most it is up there in one of the most disappointing turns I've had in a show. Absolutely. And whereas, like, you know, we have that really negative turn with God of High School, at the end of Tower of God, you get this turn where you're like, oh, shit. Like, I can't believe that happened. I want to know what one happens next. One of my next. favorite twists and has given me probably one of the best antagonists of all time. Yeah. So, like, I think for that reason, like... As good as God of High School is, as exciting as the fights are, as hype as the characters are, Tower of God it's has just a better to win. show. It's a better show. And like when you're considering that both shows are the entire show contains the tournament arc, you know, Tower of God has if to win. If you just want to watch some awesome fight scenes, watch the first ten episodes of God of High School. Yeah. Next up, we have the Rookie Championship Tournament from Hajime no Ippo versus the Kyoto Sister School Exchange event from Jujutsu Kaisen. And of course, the winner on this one is the Kyoto Sister School Exchange event from Jujutsu Kaisen. Best Boy Dan, why? It's, I mean, it's pretty simple, really. Uh, I like Hajime no Ippo is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's no <laughs> secret that we are both in love with this show. But the Rookie Championship Tournament is not a particularly great tournament arc. Yeah. It's an interesting start to Ippo. It's a good development to him. He has to deal with some interesting things in it. If, it's formulaic yeah if we're talking about like a tournament arc if i'm like go watch this tournament arc i'm not sending you to watch that i'm sending you to watch epo for a myriad of other reasons yes yeah. epo is really good in that it has a lot of really interesting matchups and fights but like i wouldn't say most none of, them of them rise to the level of a boxing arc. is not really a tournament sport. no boxing is a, you is, can't box repeatedly in a row you absolutely shouldn't at <laughs> least boxing is a prize fighting sport and while they did turn a part of this into a tournament arc it doesn't the sport doesn't lend itself well to on it. in the story exactly the character development hasn't been fully fleshed out it's really more of a way to introduce the audience to boxing as a sport yeah which is good you know, that's something that a sports anime has to do, but for a tournament arc, you don't get the kind of thing, like, the kind of um, hype that you get out of the Kyoto Sister School Exchange event. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, it has, it, first of all, it has the three-on-three -three mechanic to it. So, like, you've got that that typical shounen um, 
what do you call it? that shonen trope to it? Yeah. And uh, even though it kind of breaks that mold a little bit with Jujutsu Kaisen and a terrorist feels, attack, <laughs> and yeah, it feels natural. And then also again, you have a terrorist attack, which <laughs> we're just realizing in real time. It's not on the dock that it, it's apparently a, sh- a shonen trope as well. Um, but like, uh, also it has what is my single favorite episode of anime from the year that this came out which is the baseball episode of the tournament arc because it comes out of nowhere like you have this really intense like uh, matchup for the tournament in the first episode of the tournament arc and then the next episode they're like oh no we're just playing baseball today mm-hmm. and they play baseball but with their sorcerer powers and mm-hmm. it's hilarious yeah um so like yeah Jujutsu Kaisen wins like I love Ippo but you can't you can't beat it yeah Ippo wins in a lot of other regards but definitely not in tournament arcs absolutely <laughs> Our final, uh, our final matchup. Don't laugh. Stop laughing. It's important. It's super serious. Okay. Stop laughing. Our final matchup for round two of the tournament arc of tournament arcs is the Tutski Autumn Elections from Food Wars versus the Rating Game from High School DXD. Who's the winner? Best weirdly have a lot in common. They do have a lot in common. Um, it's the Tutski Autumn Elections from Food Wars. Of course, it is. I mean, listen, High School DxD is, like, it's not a good tournament arc. It's TNA. Um, who did it beat in the last round? Um, um, oh, Record of Ragnarok. Yeah, that's the only reason it made it as far. Is yeah. Record of Ragnarok. Uh, that was the other one I wanted such, to ask you if it was a random such matchup. trash. I mean, that one, it's that, yeah, it, that in, was a random, they're all random In matchups. my conspiracy theory brain, <laughs> what happened was... Uh, Hunter Hunter got paired up with Record of Ragnarok, and Yu Hakusho got paired up with High School DxD, and you were like, no, and you switched them. No, no, no. Um, They're the freaking frogs gay. No, no. This is this is pure coincidence. But like, I mean, come on. The Food Wars won. Um, the of course they did. Autumn election is like, it is. Can, all right, can you give the... We'll get into this now so we don't have to later. Can you explain what the Totsky Autumn Election story is, like, actually about? Not off the top of my head, I actually can't. This is the food versus fascism. Oh, yes, that's the one on the train. That's right. I always forget that. Because I, I don't I don't think of it in terms of Totsky right. Autumn Elections. I think of it in terms of the train battle. Yeah, so uh, essentially what happens is that uh, Arena's father... Um, comes back like Arena's grandfather is the principal of the school. Yep, he comes back. He somehow gets the student council to vote a majority that votes the principal out because student councils have outsized power in Japan. Of course, apparently. Um, so they vote him out, and they vote uh. Arena's father in and he wants to implement one vision of hot cuisine yeah like throughout the world they're only going to teach one thing no more creativity no more clubs no more nothing it's all going to be handed down from the um student council to the rest of the mere underlings yeah and like this is interesting because it actually kind of does reflect a movement and backlash within the culinary community to like for a long time, this kind of French haute cuisine was seen as, like, 
the pinnacle of like fine dining in the West and anything else, any kind of fusion, any kind of experimentation was really frowned upon. And then you had the kind of um, backlash to that, which was this like so-called like molecular gastronomy. That's where you see like these types of food that don't look like they're supposed to or like a lot of food being reduced to foams and whatever. And it's silly. I agree. It's silly. But like it's it, this arc represents that kind of struggle within the food world but portrayed in anime so the thing i think that makes it really so great too is that it uses the structure of the show so well because the whole idea of this show is these things called chokugekis which are food wars which yeah. is where it comes from but it's the idea that you can challenge someone to a competition you both agree on the rules and whoever wins in the food battle gets the what you agree on right and that can extend to anything from losing your place at the school to seats on the student council so the only way that they can end the fascism that has taken over this you know top culinary school is to replace enough members on the student council through their series of battles which is the uh totsky autumn elections which is just like where they travel around japan competing mm. for you know, because that's what they do in class. Yeah, like, I mean, it's also a really, it's also a really. <laughs> I weird... took U.S. history and like math and Spanish, and they like travel on trains yeah. cooking bear. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a really interesting kind of like uh, facsimile for like electoralism versus revolutionism like as far as changing a paradigm goes and maybe it doesn't come out with the most healthy pro-social message <laughs> which is that like electoralism sucks but like i really enjoy the way this show kind of presents this conflict you know oh, like yeah. um there's drama also, there's weight there's um there's like consequences yeah because like basically every single like because he comes from this background where he's just like the son of the owner of a Japanese diner, you know, Soma always kind of comes into these competitions at a disadvantage and he always finds a creative way to gain the upper hand. And I mm -hmm. think that's what kind of brings this tournament to the forefront, which is again, as we've, as we've talked about, it is just one tournament arc from several of this show any one of them could have been on this list, and this is the best of them. Yeah. So, like, you know, hands down, we're going to pretend that the last season of this show did not exist because it so did Only four seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the winner of this one is very clearly, uh, you know, the Totsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk more about it in the next round. That's absolutely right, because next up we have the semifinals. Next up, we have round three. That is the Fruits Basket, the final four. It works. It works. <laughs> uh, first up, we have Battle City from Yu-Gi-Oh! versus the Rank Wars from World Trigger. Best Boy Dan, who's the winner? Battle City from Yu-Gi-Oh! It is. And even though I just spent a really long time going on about how good the tournament arc from World Trigger is, Yu-Gi-Oh! Battle City just wins, man. Yeah. Like... Uh, like it it also had 
speaking of consequences, it had consequences to it, especially in the manga, because I believe in the manga, like, when they lost these matches, they were, like, banished to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, I didn't read the manga, so I don't know, but I do <laughs> it remember, was like some, like, some dark stuff. Uh, and it, it goes on surprisingly long, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those, it's a classic... It hits all of the high points. You get all of the characters who, and and that's the thing that lends this show so well to these sorts of like repetitive tournament arcs is you get to establish these decks in the first round, but then you get to take all of their team members and like do something new with them. And you have all of these tropes to play off, right? Like, you know, you, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh is going to pull a dark magician at some point, but like, this time around, he's got, like, this new trick that makes his deck, you know, right. even cooler. And he's got, I think, uh, he gets, like, the alpha and the magma. Uh, like, he gets a whole, like, new mechanic within his deck that he gets to use, too. Right. So it, it's it's one of those shows that gets to build on what you've established as the seasons progress. Absolutely. And, you know, like, World Trigger, like I said, is so good um this is kind of an example of um you know you have Yu-Gi-Oh, which is the classic the veteran the old school contestant versus world trigger which is trying to do a tournament arc in a new way in an exciting way and it is new and it is exciting but it just doesn't quite rise to the level of Yu-Gi-Oh's battle city and that's why Yu-Gi-Oh wins it is a classic for a reason absolutely Next up, we have two classics fighting against each other. <laughs> One of them's a little more classic than the other, and that is, of course, the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho versus the Chunin Exams from Naruto. And Best Boy Dan, our winner of this round is the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. This was. This is what I had going to the finals originally really i, I wanted okay. i wanted, wanted the finals to, to be finals. between these two in my opinion yeah you know without hyperbole i think these are the two best i um, you know what i really really like the tuning exams from naruto uh it, i if i had to say i would say having these two in the final would be super hype um, the way the random the way the random nature of this tournament shook out though we get them in the final four um, and you know, no, uh, yeah, it was never, you know, the tuning exams was never going to win, you know, you Hakusho, this one, it kind of almost set the standard for what a, for what a kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what a modern tournament arc would look like, you know, uh, not to say that, you know, the rest of these shows, like it's by far not the most modern show on this list, but it kind of, the elements of it are present in all of the shows that come later. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I kind of think that's why I felt comfortable leaving the tuning exams here at the final four, uh, even though, like you said, they could have easily have gone to the finals together. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the tuning exams are just they're so classic. It's such a good battle. You get so much great character development. But like and, and I guess now is a good time to like really start like start diving into a little bit about what makes the dark tournament we have next round to talk about it because it won this round but you know each round you get something new for your meshi's team to go on yep. so for those who don't know about the dark tournament 
right? You this is like the third arc in Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. You have kind of the like him learning to be a spirit detective, and then you have the um, the assault on the castle. Yep. Um, with the like Saint Beast, which is like really rad. Once he's like kind of developed as that character a new character comes in. This is Taguro, who is just right off the bat one of the best villains of all time. Yeah, he's really good. Like, there are very few times in media where I have seen a villain and immediately been like, that mofo is scary. Mm-hmm. And and there, there are certain times that like just really clinch it. And Taguro's like first um appearance as like really himself sells it, right? Because uh him and uh uh Yusuke and Kuobara fight him like for fake yeah. to free Yukina. Um just as like kind of a test, and he wants to see how strong Yusuke is because he ultimately like wants to fight him but he wants to fight Yusuke at his full power which is also a very <laughs> shown in yeah. battle this anime is this in my final form yeah um so after he fights them for fake the first time he calls them and he's like listen you guys have to come fight in this thing called the dark tournament it's in this like demon controlled area it's where like all these teams come to fight and uh you know it's a fight to the death and whoever, you know, wins, they get a wish granted. But you have to come. And they're like, no. Yeah, because and that's then, a reasonable response. Yeah, and then Taguro's like, okay. And then he, I, like, destroys a building. And he's like, FYI, that was 2% of my power. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just so you guys know, that wasn't a question. Yeah, he's like, you're coming or you're dead. And everyone you know is dead. And they're like, okay, we're coming. Yeah. So, you know, it becomes Yusuke, Kuwabara, Hiei, uh, Kurama, and the masked fighter, which, who could it be? Um, I won't spoil it, because I guess it's a secret, but uh, to me it was obvious from the beginning. I mean, we won't spoil it, but also, if you haven't watched it by now, Yu Hakusho came out in the 90s, (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, But, you know, they have several rounds. You get... Everyone gets tremendous character development through yeah. this. Taguro ends up being, I think, one of the most interesting bad guys. He has a really interesting story. His motivations are really interesting. Yeah. His history with Genkai is really interesting. And I think it's it's also really interesting that, like, in, in a tournament arc, you don't always have a quote-unquote bad guy. Yeah. You have rival teams. You have opponents. But this is one of the few, not few, one of the the rarer types of shown of shown in tournament arcs where you get a bad guy, mm. and it's really well done. Yeah, and they the other thing I love about it, and again we'll talk more about it in the next round. But the last thing I want to leave off with is like you always know that it's going to be Yusuke versus Taguro's team, right? Right, and the way that they set up that fight is so good because like you already know Taguro's like super strong, but then they kind of drip feed you how strong the rest of the team is yeah. throughout so there's like this anticipation of like this final battle that like even all of these crazy powerful people that they have to fight to get to them they're just like not even anything compared to this final league and they have to use these previous matches to get up to that level right yeah it's like a training arc and a tournament arc all in one. Oh yeah for sure
But next up for our final four, we've got the Interhighs from Ace of Diamond versus Tower of God. And the winner of this round is the Interhighs from Ace of Diamond. Yeah, I, I mean, I think ultimately what it comes down to is, again, like, Tower of God was really interesting. Yep. It was, you know, a decent tournament arc. It had Rock. Rock is great. Rock is great. Um, it's, as a tournament arc, like, I think as a show, it's very interesting. Um, as a tournament arc, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's but, like, like, the tournament arc from the Interhighs and Ace of Diamonds is top tier. Yeah, obviously, because like you have uh, this show, this sport that lends itself so well to the format of a tournament arc. Mm -hmm. You've got, you know, the position players who are all dealing with their particular struggles, but then you have the two kind of protagonists, not the two protagonists, but you have the protagonist's rival who are pitchers. And pitchers, again, lend themselves really well to this format because they have a quote-unquote power structure mm -hmm. in terms of the types of pitches they can throw yeah uh and i think that really works for this show well i also for me i really love um the kind of build up you get there because the whole the inner highs are like that's the goal yeah right like the end all be all is to win the inner highs and be crowned the best team in japan right and like you start out from training to going into the season, like, to building up to getting your team to get to this moment. Right. Like and, the, and, and then the best part about it at that moment is then this next level of playing at Kyoshin Stadium. Yeah. Koshien. Koshien. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, one of the important parts about when we consider this tournament arc is that it's not just this one tournament. Also, the protagonist, Asian, he has to... Basically, he has to earn his way onto the 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 inter high teams, and mm -hmm. to do that, he has to play well in the games they have leading up to that. So, like, it's not just about okay, we get to the inter highs, and like we know the guy is gonna be on the starting lineup. He has to fight for his spot there. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a training arc and a tournament arc in one, yeah. which is really good. You know, it was really well done. It also really shows the strength of the all of the characters in that show. Too. Absolutely. Because, like, Ajin is not a big part of that tournament. Yeah. Like, he has his moments in it. And he has a very important moment at the climax of it. Yes. But, ultimately, like, it, it is a story about that team. Yeah. Um, so, it... it this one is, was a fairly easy round, I thought. Absolutely. Uh, the next one, however, was not a very easy round at all. And that is the Kyoto Sister School Exchange event from Jujutsu Kaisen versus the Tutsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars. And the winner of this round is Best Boy Dan. Tutsuki Autumn Elections Food Wars. That's right. This was a really difficult one because I loved the Kyoto Sister School Exchange event. And I also really enjoyed the Totsuki Autumn Elections. And when it really comes down to it, it like for me at least, the competition was not necessarily like which show was better. It was a matter of which self-contained tournament arc was better in terms of what we expect from a tournament arc. Mm. And while Jujutsu Kaisen's, uh, it, it, it really did a lot of things that you that are new and novel and exciting for a tournament arc, and it did the old like kind of standby tropes well, it just couldn't win against this kind of powerhouse, like 
it also doesn't platonic feel as much ideal. like a tournament. Right? Yeah, this the, the Totsuki Autumn elections were like the platonic ideal of a tournament yeah. arc. Like it was, it, it is going to be almost impossible to unseat this uh, tournament arc. But like, you know, this decision was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's more of a matter of like, especially like on day one, like the fights. It's like this school versus this school, right? That doesn't, to me, get the and, same hype that you get out of a tournament arc, like, where you have, like, battle after battle and you're working your way up the ladder. Exactly. And, like, the the one thing that this did have kind of going for it was, like, yeah, okay, so the, the for, with the Jujutsu Kaisen, like, oh, you have each member of the team has their own particular strength and each different strength shines in different rounds and that's great. But with the Totsuki Autumn Elections, it's one-on-one. It's ingenuity versus ingenuity. Like, it's who can come up with the best idea. And I think that, as far as a tournament arc, lends itself way more to the, the kind of hype that you expect from a tournament arc. And that's why the Totsuki Autumn Elections wins this round. Uh, which is the final round of the quarterfinals. The final four. And that means it's time to move on to the semifinals. All right, best buds, it's the semifinals. That means three rounds left. Up front, we got the Battle City from Yu-Gi-Oh! versus the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho. I lied before. This is actually the one that I thought was going to be the one at the final. Oh, look at you. Um, psych. Uh, but the Dark Tournament wins. Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Pulling um, it out. And, I mean, this is a tough one because now, again, we have these two veterans these classics mm-hmm. of, ter- of like battle anime tournament anime tournament arcs uh going against each other and as good as Yu-Gi-Oh is um Yu Hakusho's dark tournament just has a lot more substance it's to like, it it is know? the platonic ideal of the tournament arc um it's it's just so great you have them go through all these battles the other thing that i wanted to talk about with regards to this tournament arc is all of the different teams that they battle like you get some really great side characters and i love how they all kind of like um join into the stands because that's like the other thing about a tournament arc which we haven't talked a lot about is the audience yeah makes up a really big part of it because you have the action on screen but in any good tournament arc, there's a whole bunch of things happening on the side of this, you know, Absolutely. whether it's in the audience, whether it's with the announcers, there's a lot of different stories that tend to go on. So there's like a whole side story about how like Kuwabara's sister falls in love with the like the evil like <laughs> yes. financier yes. of I the tournament. That. Oh my like, God. like that's a whole side arc of it. Like Botan's off doing what Botan does. What like, Botan does? um, what's his face the uh guy with the pacifiers like a, a grown-up yep um but still using a pacifier which is yeah. real weird and then you also have like these like announcers who yeah. are also hilarious and you, they have their whole own little like side thing going on i'm actually i'm really glad that you brought that up because one of the most important parts of like a sports anime and like a tournament anime is that like a lot of times it's up to the audience 
to tell us what's going on or how the yeah. sport or tournament works. Well, or so like, why what's happening is so amazing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just now remembering a tournament arc that we failed to include with this one, which is the one from Sports Climbing Girls. Mm, because that's yeah. one, that is one where the audience really plays a big role in what's going yeah. on in the tournament. It wouldn't have made it even this far in the tournament arc, but it's one to think about. Yeah. But yeah, the, the audience definitely in a tournament arc does play a role in at the very least like telling us how we should be reacting to what's happening in the tournament if not actively explaining how the tournament works they also use the audience to show the scale of how dangerous and destructive yes, the tournament is yes. in this one because like as the tournament goes on like more and more of the audience dies yep. until like <laughs> i think like 30 people like survive the actual like just watching the tournament yeah that's how you know when when your audience is in danger that's yeah. how you know your tournament is high there's like one point where like um someone releases like uh, a sword or something that like sucks people's souls in and like these apparitions just go into the audience and just rip people's souls out of their body yeah can you imagine you're just <laughs> in the bronx watching a yankees game and like, just a... <laughs> someone pulls out a bat <laughs> and it just sucks your soul out of your body <laughs> but yeah so the winner of this one is of course the dark tournament from yu yu Hakusho. For our second match of the semifinals of the Tournament Arc of Tournament Arcs, we have the Interhighs from Ace of Diamond versus the Totsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars. And the winner of this matchup is the Totsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars. Best Boy Dan, sure tell Sure is. Uh, this was... Oof. This was one of... This was... Oof. Okay, I have to be entirely honest. This was the toughest decision of this uh of this tournament arc even tougher than the finals decision which i think was actually fairly easy yeah the but finals like, i if you haven't already guessed like were pretty pre-planned out yeah but like this one this was so a not, really not difficult how matchup. not who ended up in the finals right but just how the finals shook out but like this particular match uh this one was really difficult to call because like you have um ace of diamonds which is basically, uh, like we kind of talked about, the platonic ideal of what a tournament arc should be. Yeah. And it, it, In a it sports has... anime, it is the platonic ideal while doing something I don't think has ever been replicated in yeah. a sports anime. And not only that, but you also have baseball as the sport that they're playing, which lends itself perfectly to not just a sports anime, but also a, uh, a tournament arc. And... and but it kind of it comes up against food wars, which is so unique and different and exciting. You know? So there was one thing that sent it over the edge for me. And what's that? And that was the characters. Absolutely. And ultimately what it came down to, and I think what makes the Totsuki Autumn election so compelling, is their conclusion. Yeah. It is to me so they are both very satisfying conclusions in completely opposite ways. Yeah. In the inter-highs, it is this spark that begins this whole new story. Um, whereas the uh, Totsuki Autumn Elections, it's kind of the culmination of everything that this show is about. Right. Um, it is. It is the two main characters cooking against the two main like 
you know, antagonists that have been right. like set up and they use every thing they have learned in the course of the past four seasons together and it comes full circle in this beautiful beautiful way yeah which is why like when we watched this show we thought this was the end of the show and it didn't make sense that they had another arc but like what you said about the character development really rings true because like from ace of diamond off the top of my head without looking at any notes i can remember agent saramura and i can remember his rival's face but i can't remember his name i want to say it was fuyuki but i'm not a hundred percent sure on that something like that but like I can remember the characters from Food Wars. I remember Sora. I remember Arina. I remember, um, you know, all of the, the, um, uh, the uh, you know, you have the Italian character. And you have, like, His all brother. Of, you his have brother who was fat, but then girl. he wasn't. And then you have Niku, the meat girl. Like, I can remember these characters. Whereas, for the rest of the team on on uh, Ace of Diamond, like, I There's vaguely the remember. There's the guy, the side yeah, there was the picture. guy who there was the the guy who was like the really good batter who used a wooden bat. I kind of remember that he had pink hair, but like I don't remember them in the same the, way I remember I mean, the characters their, from Food their, Wars. Their development, while very good, is very one dimensional and yeah. flat. Right? Absolutely. It's basically it's like, like this guy becomes a better first baseman. This guy becomes well, a better and, hitter. And you know? that, like, and they like they grow up, right? Like they, they go from yeah. like shitty little like junior high kids to like. Slightly more adult. Yeah. Which, you know, the difference is, like, you get, like, the completion of a character's journey. Right, yeah. In this other one. Um, So, both both top-tier Chef's Kiss great tournament arcs. Right, absolutely. But, as you know, if we're talking about Chef's Kiss, then, of course, that means (laughs) Food Wars has to win. Very Um, nice. (laughs) And thank you very much. I ad-libbed that. But that means it's time to move on to the finals it's of the, the tournament finals. arc of tournament arcs. Tournament this is the most hyped matchup of the night, ladies and gentlemen. I could best not buds. have seen this coming. The finals of the tournament arc of tournament arcs is a matchup between the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho and the Totsuki Autumn Elections from Food Wars, and we've talked about it. We've debated it, and there's really no question the winner of this matchup and of the tournament arc of tournament arcs is the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho. It it always was. It always was. It was always going to win. It this tournament arc was the height of what you expect a tournament arc to be. And we've kind of we've talked about the different facets of what makes it a good tournament arc as it has progressed through the different levels of this tournament. Um, but I think if we were to recap it, we have it's you know, I I think every praise we have lavished on any one of these contenders, you could say about Yu Yu Hakusho and pretty much unequivocally say that it is the best in that regard. It yeah. has the best audience side stories and reactions it has the best announcers it has the best 
character development, the best character growth, the best expansion of powers, one of the best villains out there, the best motivations for a villain, the best motivations for a team to compete in it, uh, great character arcs, endings of stories, beginnings of new stories, it is, without a doubt, the best tournament arc in anime. Absolutely. I mean, you know, everything from the characters to the actual tournament itself, you just can't beat this one. The Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho, it's a classic, it's a veteran, and it's a contender, <laughs> you know and the, it's that way for a reason. You know what the wild thing is? You know what I realize in all the praise we've lavished on it? The one thing we haven't talked about? What's that? The fights. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> fights, I guess they're so self-evidently good, we didn't feel they're like... They're so good. Like, just thinking back on it, right? Like, you have the knife's edge death battle with like the yep. drunk like scottish guy who, who was like, wild by the way yeah who like as he get it's like uh yusuke and this like drunk dude like put their heels against knives and just punch each other until someone falls over yeah which is a really weird thing for <laughs> an old scottish dude to do with a high schooler but you like know. you know it, it's that uh you also get the line of kuwabara where he's like a mulberry is a tree kuwabara is a man and i'll prove it we all have to die when our time comes but if we do our duty we don't got regrets so taste a little piece of my sword tagoro you know you get the the wind battle you get the um evil doctor who's yep. like got the you know control and they have to like free them to uh you know give them their souls back or whatever um just great great and then the final battles like are insane everybody is at their maximum potential power yeah uh and just each one-on-one -on -one battle is so good and you get this like really good like conclusion in the final battle of yusuke versus Taguro. yeah like we kind of said like the thing that makes this tournament arc so good is the fact that it has a training arc as a tournament arc because the characters are growing with each successive match of the tournament they're learning what they need to do to survive and they're bringing that knowledge with them to the later matches and i think that's what really kind of not only lends to the storytelling but also the power scale of this uh tournament arc as it increases from match to match and i think that's really important because in a lot of other shows you have a tournament arc but like there is no time for the characters to really grow during the tournament like in ace of diamond you can only get so much better between games yeah. like you can't learn a new pitch between games you can't like learn a new thing that makes you better at baseball between games but like with yu yu Hakusho, you can learn a new power you yeah. can learn how especially to with the enemy. way they've set up the world too. yeah and i think you know we, we we're, we're talking a lot about yu, yu Hakusho because it won but also that is something that helped food wars get as far as it did mm -hmm. because you know you can learn a new recipe a new cooking technique yeah. a new you know method of preparing food in between each battle within food wars and that helped it get as far as it did well and that's but kind it, of the conceit of the show too yeah. is like Soma loves doing battles because that's how he learns. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's what helped Food Wars get as far as it did, but it doesn't quite edge out the Dark Tournament I with mean, just how hype it is. Yeah, it's, it's by nature, Food Wars is set up to just to crush a tournament arc. Like, Absolutely. Like, that is what this show is made for. And it's 
I what I will say about um, Yu Yu Hakusho too is like there is one person who has two shows on this list, and that is Yoshihiro Togashi. Um, you know he had Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, his storytelling is amazing, and he knows how to tell a shonen. He knows how to level up his characters, um, and he really gives that kind of like line between action and thrill and like just good storytelling absolutely yeah um absolutely like we we, we talked about how like the semifinals was a more difficult <laughs> decision than the finals were uh and that's because like this story is just so well done you know yeah. it's it's just it's put together in exactly the the right way um and so that's how we ended up with the winner of the tournament arc of tournament arcs the supreme tournament arc of all anime history yeah, thus if, far. So here's what I I will leave everyone with when it comes to Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho is four seasons. It is 96 episodes. Somewhere There's like a there. movie. You don't really need to worry about it. Season one is like everything leading up. Season two is the dark tournament. Season three and four, you don't have to watch. You can if you really enjoy it. They're okay. But season one and two is the dark tournament and everything leading up to it. It's about 50 or so episodes. If you are at all interested in Shonen or especially Shonen's history, because this is a very big piece of it, you know, this came out in the 90s, um, but it absolutely holds up today. Give it a start. The beginning is very different from where it ends up. Yeah. It's like this kind of like weird, like ghost detective story in it, the beginning it starts off as like detective conan with ghosts and it ends up as like dragon ball z with do ghosts. you know why that is the case i do well do you what why uh it was pressure from shonen jump because of how good dragon ball z was doing perfect so yeah to see it because uh yu hakusho came out uh about the same time as dragon ball z dragon ball z was doing really really well and they were like listen you know your ghost story is like cool and all but like can you make it a little bit more like fighty fighty and that's how you got the saint beast in the dark tournament perfect um but yeah, so so that's where that came from, and that's why he ended up telling uh, Hunter Hunter afterwards because he wanted to tell a more, less you know, battle shonen East type story. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, so that go ahead. That's gonna be the uh, the wrap up for our tournament arc of tournament arcs. The champion is of course the Dark Tournament from Yu Yu Hakusho. Let us know what you think. Did we get it wrong? We're hacks and frauds. We know we forgot your favorite anime. Let us know. Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Or send us an angry email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. But you know what? If you like this episode, if you learned something today, or even if we just slightly entertained you, why don't you go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes? It really helps us out a lot and only takes you about two minutes. Uh, with that being said, Best Boy Dan, why don't you take us out here today? Thanks, Best Buds. Thanks, Best Buds.